You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Augusta Cantra. Augusta's passion for the journey of awakening is seen in her psychotherapy private practice, her facilitation of self-discovery and mindfulness groups, her training and mentoring of yoga teachers, and in her yoga classes. She and her husband, David, co-founded the Center for Calm Living, where both they and their two grown daughters work. Augusta and David have been together for 40 years and keep finding new ways to learn, teach, and grow together. They live and work in the coastal town of Fairhope, Alabama, with their two pups, Patrick and Bentley, and experiencing life as Gussie and Doc, their grandparent names, is their newest adventure. Listen in now to my conversation with Augusta Cantra. Welcome, Augusta. I'm so excited to have you as a guest on the podcast. When I have guests on, I like to ask them how they're doing. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Yeah, beautiful day down here in South Alabama. (laughs) Yes. So I love also when I have um, guests on that I have a little extended connection with. I like to share that so that the listeners can connect the dots and and understand better the relationship. So you and I both um, trained a 200 hour under Rolf Gates, but you and I both collided and converged. Uh, Gosh, we were talking before the podcast like eight years ago. Um, into his 500 hour teacher training program um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And gosh, it, it seems long ago, but then like we were talking before we started recording, gosh, it's just all these memories when you start thinking about come up. So I wanted to share with the listeners that you and I have that connection as well. I'm excited to have you on because this season and and the listeners who are listening to this season two, it's about becoming. So my season one was this is like concept of beginning. And if you listen through the podcast to the very end, as I kind of close out my little outro says, I hope you begin. I hope you become and I hope you expand beyond. And so becoming became this vision for me as uh, season two uh, was, it was being manifested, uh, you know, and where I was going to go and the conversations I was going to have. So I'm excited to have you um, sharing this conversation. I wanted to share too. So when I Google this word becoming, it's, it's kind of this passing into a um, a desired state, um, the state of being. So I just want to start off our conversation and just kind of understand when you hear that concept of becoming, how do you interpret that? You know, it's, it's cool. When I read that, you know, how do you interpret the idea of becoming really this notion of, uh, letting go was Mm. the first thing that I thought of that, that we can't become what we truly are without letting go of what we think we should be or Mm. what confines keep us um, so bound to habit patterns or cultural patterns or whatever. And so it's this allowing part. And I think of becoming is this process that we never stop, Um, nor do we want to. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) 
And we're not trying to become something. We are trying to stay in the state of becoming. Nice. And, and that to me is so important because, you know, I tell my students all the time, if you think you're going to do yoga to get better, you've already shot yourself in the foot. (laughs) (laughs) You, you come to the practice and maybe getting, maybe doing something more skillfully happens and it probably will. But what you really want to come to the practice of yoga for is to reveal who it is that you really are that that your heart yearns for mm. that, that your soul feels expanded by nice. so nice when i think of becoming it's really that letting go into and if you think of letting go the trust that you, you know if you're letting go of a trapeze bar and you have to trust right one, that you've developed the skills to catch the next one <laughs> Or yeah. that you've done a really good job of putting a safety net under you so that if you fall, you just begin again, which is the practice of yoga, right? Right, right. Again. And so, but but in letting go, you've got this trust because you've built the skills, but also because that's the next thing that needs to happen to move on to where you're supposed to be in this life. And we don't know where that is. Mm. And so it really requires this amazing trust so we can demand we let go all day but the truth is is we have to um, have done the inner work of trusting that the universe has our back mm-hmm. and that we can let go into becoming and so we have to allow that right yeah love that so let's let's think about this becoming uh, and you, we hear a lot, you're, you're a yoga teacher, you're a yoga teacher trainer as well, like myself. And we hear kind of in our, our realm and different things of people becoming a yoga teacher. Um, can it, let's maybe just talk first, kind of like, how was that process for you of, of stepping onto that pathway? And then, you know, how does someone even become a yoga teacher? Like, what does that even mean? And I get, can sometimes like to a fault can be like, what really, you know, I can analyze it too much, but it's like, how does someone become that? And then, you know, kind of what was your process of stepping onto the path of becoming a yoga teacher? Well, you know, just a second ago, um, you used the word collide, that our paths collided. And um, it's so funny. I had thought what, you know, sort of what was my path and the word collide I wrote down, which is very interesting because uh-huh. my, I, I love synchronicity like that. Yeah. Ah, you know, it said that synchronicity is the universe saying you're on the right path. Mm. I love that. I like, I'm like, ah, that's a good affirmation. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So my paths in life kind of collided um, back in the early 2000s. And so I'm a psychotherapist and have been in private practice for a long, long time feels like forever, Um, (laughs) but I've been in private practice for a long time and um, had a a, a knee. I've also been teaching, you know, I've taught group fitness forever in a very physical way. I had a knee issue, started doing some yoga because, you know, I had a knee issue and couldn't do some of the stuff that I was doing. And I started having these very clear heart opening experiences doing a very physical yoga practice so i wasn't Mm -hmm. working with a teacher that had that spiritual side 
And anyway, I, and I started going, there's more to this. There's more to this. So I started studying on my own and I started looking up things and I started in being going, oh my goodness. Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> and the yamas and the niyamas and, the, you know, and I was just getting excited about it. And I started, so that's when I was reading, um, actually before I started reading Roth's book, Meditations from the Mat, which I love, um, I, I started doing um, the different yoga things. And I was like, there is something to this. And I found in my therapy practice, Sandy, I kept using movement to get people to a place or to feel a concept that felt experience. Right. You know, and, um, and Rolf is such a good teacher when he talks about, you know, any um, principle, a principle um, understood is a felt principle. And we have to feel that in our bodies. And when we feel it, we no longer are up in our heads. And good Lord, the thing we need most do in this life is get out of our heads. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Uh, Jonathan Faust said he spent years thinking that, um, that his body was just something to carry around his head. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> oh, that's good. He's an awesome teacher. But mm. so I started doing groups. I was like, I wonder if I could do mindfulness training, which I've studied for years. So this mindfulness training and this yoga work and do yoga assisted self-discovery groups. And that was 14 years ago that I started those and I'm still running those groups. And then I got cancer. That was in 2008. So I had started these groups just the year before I'd started these groups. I got cancer and um, colon cancer and it was a pretty significant cancer, pretty significant chemo. And um, that's when I went, the yoga was really getting me through and it was getting me through spiritually. Mm. not physically, which mm -hmm. was a really interesting thing. I could show up for yoga and I was, I was teaching at that point because I was just sort of informally teaching and, um, and I could show up for yoga and I could make it through mm. whatever it was, whatever the chemo was or whatever. And I really do credit that almost cancer showed me, look, yoga is your path. Right. So however you want to see it. But, you know, I was like, ah, oh, yoga is my path. And I, and I really started studying meditation from the mat. And that's when I was like, that's the teacher that I want to study under. Mm -hmm. Did that, um, came to did the 500 hour. In 500 hour, and you may remember this, this is where, so that my husband and I did it together when David and I created the concept yes. of calm, creating right. awareness, living mindfully. And I now still I'm have my coffee cup. Yes. <laughs> it's a great coffee cup. It's it is a great one. one. You know, there's coffee cups, but there's some that are like this one. Yeah, this is a good one. Sorry, <laughs> I digress. No, it's a, it's a good coffee cup. And I it love is. I remember that. And that concept came out of that 500-hour training, Sandy. Mm -hmm. And now we have the Center for Calm Living. We've built the studio, Calm Living Studios. That's what it, all of that came out of that. And again, that synchronicity was just, you're on the right path. This is, so my, the colliding, it's like the sum of the parts was this, the sum was greater than the parts. Right. Um, and, and it was just, so I feel like that that was a way of, it was a coming home for me that I was like, ah. Well, and, and what I'm kind of hearing and thinking is this concept of becoming, it's not to 
becomes something else. It's, it's, it's almost arriving to understand what was pulling in all the things. Cause I hear you talking about things that inspired you were past experiences or things that you were already doing yeah. that you were seeking other ways that how yoga, right. Was just going to fit in to the whole of everything else. And it wasn't about you having to uh, reinvent yourself to, to be a yoga teacher to, you know, because, cause I think, and, and that's where I, I guess I want to, you know, for listeners who aspire to uh, take teacher trains and do things, I want them to understand it's not about you reinvent you to be some, something else. Yes. It's like, how do you tap into the space within you, right? The inspiring space to use yeah. the gifts, the talents, the who you are, right, to represent as the vessel to come out to pour this teaching out of, not to to be a cookie cutter of someone else or come out looking like. And I think if we're not careful, you know, as a society of trainers or different things, you know, what we're teaching or equipping people with, um, we some trainings may be lacking and really empowering people to tap into that space. And it sounds like, you know, that's what you you pulled, you were inspired by. Absolutely. And it was in, in when, when I teach teacher trainings, when you do, and we were talking about this a little bit before, is we feel so passionate about bringing forward the, the best, the highest self that that person, that that teacher has. Because regardless of whether we ever get up in front of people and teach an asana class, we are teaching everything. Yes. And we need to be mindful about that and, and, and intentional. Mm. about how we walk on this planet yes and so to me a teacher training is like oh if you're in the vicinity where you can take your teacher training sandy people should take it's like, <laughs> yes, it's, it, it, yes go do that that there you will learn that is life school mm. um, i really i wanted to name my teacher training life school and, yeah that's uh, a good name <laughs> but but I felt like it was a little grandiose. But I don't <laughs> feel like. But I don't feel like that, that that it's any less than that. A good teacher training is inspiring. About you bring forward that that is who it is that you are becoming. Yes. Yes. And, and it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, in your twenties or in your fifties or sixties. And and I think that sometimes. People say, I'm too old to be a yoga teacher. I'm like, no, you're too old not to take this. Right. I agree. I, I get asked that all the time. Like, you, you know, do you think I can do this? Am I too old? And, you know, I've had uh, trainees in their seventies and it's just, you know, and I had this beautiful experience one time that I couldn't have put it together any better. I had every decade like represented and it, the, the, the beauty of the experience of all that coming together and how we learned and grew together was just, it was phenomenal, but no, I agree. You're never too old. Don't stop learning. Don't stop pursuing. Like, wow. yeah, I love that. And so and the decades teaching each other is, so, oh, oh yeah, it was amazing. That is so amazing. We have a program that David and I do together called a year to change your life. And we, we had six decades mm. in the room for, you know, throughout the year and a teacher training and not just to be off on teacher trainings, but it's about doing it with other people. So whether you're in a class that you can consistently go to with a teacher, you can consistently go to, or with a training that you can be in mm -hmm. becoming together is so different than, than this 
unilateral movement that we always do and we're always going to do it ourselves you know and right it's like, put down the sword open <laughs> the heart Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, an experience like none other. And as I sit here and we're talking, I mean, I'm just like, gosh, I don't know if we just really should call it something different, (laughs) you know, Um, to really, you know, equip people with what it is. And then if from that, right, the inspiration comes to seek the pursuit of doing this, you know, as, as a career or uh, to me, it's not a career. It's a pathway of service, right. And you're going to commit to, to teaching, um, on a regular basis or whatever it is. Um, but really I'm just like, gosh, you know, that is what it is, Yeah. but I almost feel like it should be called something else because it's so much of the other that we have to dive into right. To know, to even be able to think that I'm going to guide someone through, you know, the practice and the teachings, you know, with that skill set. So let's talk about this becoming, you know, through our life experience, we kind of tapped into that already a little bit, you know, your, you know, kind of becoming part of your story of becoming and, and, and yoga coming in, um, you know, and colliding. I, I love that word. Um, this becoming kind of through our life experience on the mat, off the mat, and, you know, and then kind of carrying it in through um, the experience of teaching others, you know, how to, how do we become right through this experience? You've shared a little bit already, but maybe expand on that, this concept of becoming. And I think it's real crucial too, for us as teachers is to teach people that, you know, um, it's the yoga practice is not just on that mat, <laughs> you know, it's out, it's, it's living into, it's, it's kind of that becoming, it's that living piece. So, um, you know, how would you expand on that? And I really love that question because actually I think it's almost like you start there and with, instead of, you know, it, it has to move from there, but it has to start somewhere. And so there's this becoming a uh, a yoga teacher taking it off the mat it's like from the get-go you need to know that when you show up on your mat you're you're showing up however it is that you show up in life so if you show up hurried if you show up defeated if you show up egoic if you show up distracted mm. that's how you're gonna show up and there's not wrong or bad there's not a good way and a bad way to show up there's a way to notice, how am I showing up? Mm. And when you notice how you're showing up without judging it, because as soon as you judge it, you're gonna try to fix it. And as soon as you <laughs> try to fix it, you're saying something's wrong with you, right. which is divisive. And the whole idea of yoga is union. Mm. So whether we're divisive with ourselves. So just the practice of, of showing up, showing up when you feel like it, showing up when you don't, um, showing up when you are ready and showing up when you um, are injured and you have to figure out how to operate differently. I have learned so much from my injuries. <laughs> yes. You know, and, and when I have a student that I know will take care of themselves and they have injuries, I know that they also will take care of themselves in their life with their injuries. I, it, it just makes my heart happy. It also makes it easier for me as a teacher. Yes. If I know someone will take care of themselves in yoga as in life. And I say that ad nauseum, I say that in my classes, you know, you do whatever you do on the mat because you're going to do that in the, in the world. Yes. 
And we practice getting still on our mat when we're all given that space of a, of a sangha, of a group of, of people with this intention to hold each other to their highest intention. Mm. We, we do that on the mat and, and there's permission there. And if you can touch into that permission and you can, you can go, oh, I'm doing this, then you know you have the capacity to do it. Yes. Yeah. And so maybe you walk out there and you're like, I can't do it out here. It's like, but I do know I have the capacity. And when we can trust our capacity, we can then start to build it and go, ah, but if I could do it in yoga, can I do it for the next five minutes after yoga? Yes. Um, or whatever. So we, we learn to trust our capacities. Yes. We learn to ask our bodies how to balance, not by getting better at balance, <laughs> yes. but by organizing our energy in a way that we're kind of coordinating the universe lifting us. So we coordinate that organic energy. So we, if we pull in, then we can push out against it and fly and we can. Yes. But if, so we're, we're saying, so I love to be in the middle of a balance pose and goes, it doesn't matter if you're balancing. What matters is that you're organizing, you're, you're asking you to organize your energy to be lifted right now. Can you organize your energy in the world? Can you just feel that lifted when you're really having a hard time? Yeah, exactly. Come to the front of your mat and stand and let go. And can you remember what that feels like? Because there's going to be a time in yoga and in life that you need to let go. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Don't push that. And you button. know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a lot of remembrance, right? Oh, yeah. You know, the practice, our time on the mat, our medication cushion, our time in the practice, the teachings, the, you know, self-study, it's, it's an equipping and a, a remembrance that takes place, you know, out in life. Because, you know, we really are spending that time equipping ourselves for, you know, not that hard times won't come because they're going to or different things are going to happen or, or we're going to be, you know, uh, challenged uh, to step up or to show up and, and we can call on that remembrance to do that. And like you said, I keep going, kind of going back to, and I say this often, like, you know, whether you're a yoga teacher or not, you are teaching somebody like, what are you out there teaching people? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's not to show like that we got it, we got it all together. We know everything. There's no knowing everything. And I think <laughs> when I took that down, a few nights, like, yeah, there's no arriving. <laughs> there's always going to be something for me to learn. There's a lot of things I need to unlearn. Um, um, but it's this ability to, you know, equip, to, you know, to, to capture, to remember and to apply it, you know, mm -hmm. to, to put it into action. And I hear that, you know, and like, what are we teaching um, as an individual first and foremost, yeah. you know, and then are we calling upon the remembrance, you know, that's empowering. We, it's very empowering. And when we do call on that remembrance and we feel that empowerment and that feels so good that when we don't we get all pissy with ourselves and that's not helpful. And to call that out on the mat. So I sometimes love to do something that has a little frustration quality to it, to call out, so what's your head doing now? Yes. And is that helping you in any way? Right. And can, can you laugh at you? I do often stuff that is like, um, there's, I, when I, when I come to try to lift up, I, you know, I'm like, okay, now you got to stick your butt out and lean over and like do like a gorilla and got that gorilla belly. And you got to, you know, hollow out your armpits and swing your arms a little bit. 
if you can't laugh at you on the yoga mat, you sure as hell can't laugh at you outside. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, and I often say like, you know, take the practice seriously, but don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. Like lighten up, lighten up. Lighten up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, life has enough challenges and things. Like we we don't have to make it so rigid on, you know, what I, I, I'm a huge proponent for, you know, alignment and anatomy and all that stuff. But, you know, I want you to know those things so you equip yourself in a skillful way and move, you know, but like lighten up, you know, no, don't take it so seriously um, yourself um, in your performance, you know, like you said, you know, to get better. <laughs> what is yeah. that? What is that anyway? Getting better. Um, and love, I love that because that's, that so speaks to that becoming thing that we, we, we get serious about getting it right. There's no medal at the end of class. I mean, you know, <laughs> nobody gets to win. Right. Um, and, and I love that, that kindness over and over and over. Can you stop and soften? Mm -hmm. It's not about, it's not about becoming better. It's about softening into where you are. It's about having that place of being able to back into, oh yeah, we make yes. mistakes. Yes. Oh yeah. We're learners. Yes. Oh yeah. Nobody's supposed to be perfect. I mean, how many class, how many times have you had somebody say to you, I can't do yoga. I don't know how, or I can't bend like a, and you're like, you're not supposed to already know you're supposed to be coming to learn. Exactly. Well, and you know, and there's the action part of the, the, the becoming the ing part <laughs> and the, you know, uh, you gotta be in the ing <laughs> and, uh, you know, not this arriving. It's kind of like, to me, I often think like, I don't know if it'd be any fun to arrive, <laughs> but, you know, if it, if it, yeah, you already stop and there's no, you know, curiosity or wonder or exploration and, and growing within and which that kind of segues me to want to ask you about, you know, longevity and sustainability. Uh, we hear these words and, um, you know, I've had past conversations on the podcast with people about those specific, in fact, Rolf <laughs> about sustainability and, you know, but how do we support that? Cause you and I have kind of been doing some of this for a while. Like, yeah. so, you know, I'd love to hear like, how do you sustain, right? Your, your practice and, and the, the work of service that you're doing for so long. How do you do that? You know, there's a, I think that's a really beautiful question. And I think it's a really good one for anyone. If you've been teaching yoga for a long time, there's that part of, you know, oh, I'm going to run out of ideas. Um, or if you've been doing anything, you know, how do I keep that sustainability? Um, and I think that the biggest part of it is to always be paying attention to always. And I, and I say that with like noticing with curiosity, like a, almost a sense of, isn't this interesting? <laughs> yes. Isn't this interesting that I'm bored out of my skull today? <laughs> what, what am I not, huh? What, what's going on with me? Where am I wishing I was? Why am mm -hmm. I not right here? Because in the present moment, you're not gonna burn out. It's when you are uh, dreading it, or when you're, um, and when you're there and you're thinking it should be something else, when you're really accepting where you are right now, the sustainability isn't a question anymore. Well, it's kind of oh, that show up piece again. I'm it's hearing that show up piece. <laughs> are you showing up for yourself? And not just, are you getting there, mm -hmm. but are you dropping away? When we first said the becoming are you letting go when you arrive and you show up and you do your job 
which your responsibility, people are there for you. You need to, you need to come to class. Yes. So you come, then do you drop away your stuff? Um, Do you drop back into the moment, the, what it is that you're teaching? If you're going to teach yoga, you need to come from yoga to teach it. You need to come from union, I believe. And, and so when I think of sustainability, you teach from your life. Your life isn't going to stop. And if it does, you won't be teaching. You <laughs> right. to so, but you want to teach from your life. If you're bored with your life, you're going to be bored on the mat. Mm. Period. If you're pissy with your life, you're going to be pissy on the mat. Um, if you expect things to be happening with more ease, you're going to expect things to be easier on the mat. And so it's like, oh, can I always teach from my life? And I have more than once taught from my life about being in a really tough place. Like I have shown up saying, you guys, I was so distracted this morning with stuff that was going on that I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to go into sort of a rote kind of thing. And, and I want us to stop and say, let's get right here right now. And I want to bring a lot of compassion for me because I know if I'm showing up that way, some of you probably are too. Exactly. If you aren't, you probably have. Yes. So let's work with that today. Exactly. Well, and think about how pure, right? And the, 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 the moment of being in that space. Now, now I would say, I mean, there's a, a layer of skill set that I, I want to challenge teachers to have, but not to Absolutely. be caught up in the technique or the skill set teach from that place of knowing, like you said, you're coming in and you're giving time to empty of that. Right. And sometimes I often think too, when I'm teaching, sometimes it's been selfishly like I needed, (laughs) I don't care who showed up that day. Uh I needed to step in there (laughs) and let go (laughs) of the stuff I had just stepped out of. And I needed it as much as I thought I was stepping in to support, you know, leading a a practice. Um, But like you said, I mean, that ability, like, can we align into, you know, showing up into this space and whatever comes with it. Now, I'm not a a huge advocate of somebody who's like spilling out everything. Like you you can't show up and hold space. Like you just need to get a sub. But, you know. But you got to show up in authenticity because like I said earlier, we don't have it all together. We are working right? We are in the work of becoming and learning this practice as much as anyone else, no matter how long I'm getting ready to, you know, next year will be 20 years for me teaching. And it's like, I still don't, I still am in awe of of what is revealed right through the experience. Yeah. Through our understanding and knowing that's the only place I can teach from. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to speak to the skill set that you said, um, there's a part that is like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you, you need to know your skill set. You yes. and, and, you know, Nadia Komenich says the art of anything is making it look easy. And, um, and you go, yeah, 10,000 hours of teaching makes it look like it's no big deal to teach. And, you know, yes, no, I don't teach with notes. I've taught a lot. Um, and, and, and I've messed up a lot, Yes. you know, and every once in a while, Oh, still, I'll mess up right and left and I'll be, and yet, and still they let me teach yoga, you know, (laughs) but because we do, and there's the humanness of it, but there's a due diligence too, that if you want to teach, but 
isn't that true in life? There is a due diligence of being skillful about how we show up. Yes. And I think that that's such an important piece of going, look, this is really important that you know this. You don't have to teach like me or walk like me or do, you don't have to do that. But there's a, a part where if you want it, you can't let go if it's not safe to let go. So right. if I'm gonna get up in front of you and be egoic about what you should do, you're gonna not feel safe enough to let go and figure out what you can do. Well, there's that trust again. You, they're not gonna trust you. They're not gonna trust you. And the, here's the thing is they know you don't trust you either. Mm, they know, that's and good. That, they, they know you don't trust you either. And that's the part that's undermining. So I would say to people that go to a yoga class and they're like, ooh, that teacher's all up in what she's doing. Learn from that versus judge that. Go, that, oh, this is what that feels like to be in that. Oh, yes. Oh, learn from that. If you judge it, you won't learn anything. Wherever you go, just that's how we stay fresh in our teaching. We're like, oh, I want to bring this back to my teachers. Maybe it's one cue difference. Mm -hmm. um, I was taking a workshop with Jason Crandall. All he said was moving from a lunge to a down dog. He said, um, lift your hips and your knee as you move back to down dog. I have loved that cue. It is, I'm like, and it changed the rhythm of my, you, you know, from lunge to down dog. And I love it. The whole workshop, that sounds so silly, but you're like, no, because I have this amazing respect for him as a teacher, and I, and I felt that in my body, I like it better than what I was using, which was um, inhale, heart forward, step back to down dog. Yeah. And like, raise your hips and knee. It's yeah. Like, it lifts you yeah. up. Oh. Well, and there you're tapping into something from a sustainability standpoint of, of refinement and being willing to, in humility, realize when, you know what, and I often have said sometimes before, well, it makes perfect sense to me, <laughs> but if what I'm, if what I'm saying, right, is not initiating the action, I, you know, then I need to take it, I need to seek a way to say something differently or be willing right? To come out of a rote cue because we get in our comfort space of that. We say, I mean, it just kind of comes out. We could probably teach it when we're sleeping, <laughs> yeah. but that, that little fresh encounter of changing that and your students, even the ones like that get used to you, they hear that and they hear it in a different way. And you just might have opened up an experience for them that's a fresh encounter for them of hearing the same thing, but in a different way. And yeah. I think there's a humility and a refinement and being willing to not just get in this, you know, rote path that I'm just, this is all I do. And I just, I don't ever look to refine it or how I could say something differently or, or like you said, go, go into training for yourself to stay yeah. in that continual learning. And you, right, caught a gym that day. And you wanted to give it back. Yeah. And I think that's so important, the refinement element that we have to be in, in a humility space that we don't know at all. And, and I, you know, there's, there could be one way I could say something a little differently that just could make a huge impact because I felt it myself. Yeah. You know? 
And I, I think people feel in yoga and in life, and I really, I think people feel when you're coming from your, from your own authenticity. And so something that, like you said, is fresh, and it can sound like we're talking about the cue being better or worse. It isn't. Right. It's coming Different. from a felt experience that opens us up and dropping ego out and just really guiding instead of trying to teach, you know, guide on the side versus sage on the sage on the stage. Um, and <laughs> really be that, I always want to be the guide on the side. I kind of want to disappear in your practice. Yes. To be this voice that says, you got this. Yes. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Kind of, you're just coming in to, you know, remind them. I know that Ralph used to tell, you know, I, I can remember, you know, I'm here to remind you till you remember. Yeah. And, and to me, it's a part of, you know, I want to step in a hold space as the teacher, right? That you're, you're, you're safe and trusting, but I want to fade into the background. Yeah. You know, I want the teaching, right? To emerge and to pour through and let me fade into the background. Um, Cause to me, that's when it becomes relevant, you know, and I, I can give something, something relevant. And that's how it becomes sustainable. Because yes. It's relevant. And it's relevant if you're letting the teachings teach yes and, and so as you're as you trust the practice which i think is is a is something that i feel so grateful for my age at this point to yeah. be able to trust the practice now and i trust the practice to keep teaching me yes teaching me how to let go more and more and more and so as as you learn to trust the practice you don't have to try to achieve, which is very me-based, and it keeps giving you all these things. And so your themes for your classes come from your life. Your yes. uh, energy for your class comes from your life. I think it takes it down a few notches. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, I want yeah. you to, you know, if I if there's yoga teachers hopefully out there listening, like, I, you know, I want you to... Um, I really want you to be inspired from your experience of knowing, take yes. it down a few notches, this whole themey stuff. I mean, I, I might sound a little snarky with that, but it doesn't like, it just starts to become this exterior thing. Like go in and be prepared. I want you to be prepared. Okay. Go in with your plan, but go in and see those people, right. That are in front of you, get good at yeah. that. And then, let the flow come from the experience of you living, right? You're living your yoga and you're living your understanding because that's the only place we can teach from. Um, I can glean and gather from the ancient text and all that stuff, but I need to have an encounter with them, right? And yeah. then share from that. So all the themey stuff and people getting caught on the exterior, you talked earlier about, um, you know, teachers starting to feel burnout or uninspired. And when I've had people come to me and I've been mentoring or talking with teachers, you know, my first question is like, how's your personal practice? And I will tell you, Augusta, I think almost every time the person has said, I mean, it's like, it's non-existent. Yeah, and I'm really. like, I'm like, okay, well, you need to get on your mat. Like you or need to get on your mat. You went to another teacher's class. Yes. When, when was the last time you were a student? You know, um, one of my favorite things, and I have carried it through every teacher training that I've conducted, was when Ross said to us, um, what I want you mostly to do is to always be a student. Yes. 
We cannot do this because yoga is not, we cannot just teach it. We, if we're not learning it, we're actually not doing yoga. Exactly. We really yeah. aren't. And it's, and it's that concept because if you're not living life, you're not, you know, you're not out there doing it. You're not engaged. If you're not engaged in this whole set of, huh, I wonder what happens when I do this. Yes. <laughs> wow. That wasn't skillful. Um, <laughs> next time, <laughs> next time. But if I'm judging my performance, mm. then I'm going to be fatigued when it's all done. And I'm going to want to go home and, as Brene Brown says, have a beer and a banana nut muffin, which <laughs> I think is so freaking funny. Yeah. Um, but that's what you, when you're condemning of yourself, you don't want to do the practice anymore. You don't want to do that that brings condemnation. So you're going to burn out if you get on the mat with or you get in your car or you come to your office or you meet with your kids if you come to your mat whatever that is with this sense of oh god i gotta do this today mm. stop there and go yes. what baby do you need <laughs> yeah what child do you need and not in a pandering way but in a real sense of you're depleted mm. what do you need yeah what exactly Look in right now. Yeah. And I often think, I mean, these people and, you know, thinking about yoga teachers in particular, but anything in life, I mean, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. I mean, you got to fill yourself up. <laughs> and I, you know, I love, and it's almost like it's that affirmation of when I, I check in and know I've been kind of I'm out of balance. Let me put it that way. Like my yes. personal practice, like it's there, but it's just kind of like mm, something's missing. And so then I realign and I, you know, I hit it, I get back into it. And I just, it's almost like this, just a wave of just like ah, the affirmation of like, there's the inspiration. Yeah. There it is again, right? There's what's nourished me and what gives me what I want to give to somebody else. That's why I keep doing this. You know, in the moments in the days over the years where I've been like, ah, oh, and, and this has been recent. I remember I looked at my husband recently. I was like, maybe it's just I'm tired to just call it quits. <laughs> maybe I'm retired. Maybe I'm retiring. <laughs> and he's looked at me and he said, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, you know, I said, I'll be, you know, this, the teaching yoga and all that. Maybe it's time for me to just, you know, maybe I just don't do that anymore. And he just kind of looked at me again. He's like, okay, take a, he was telling me like, take a breath. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, and I didn't know where it was coming from. Yeah. And I sat with it a little bit and I was like, yeah, where did that come from? But I got myself back, you know, I used the tools again, the practice, you know, I went back to what I needed and, you know, the inspiration was there and, um, you know, the inspiration of, of what, you know, that next class that I taught after that, you know, that was where it came from and they didn't know it. <laughs> and those know obstacles to... are our path. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that, it's like, oh, what is this telling me? Not this shouldn't be happening. Yes. And I think, I think that's one of the biggest things that, especially in my discovery groups and so forth, talk about, you know, get to that place where you hit a wall and you're like, what's happening really ask yourself with compassion what is this 
Yes. Because I think there's so much information and that is our inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so cool that you, you know, you, me, we all go, really? (laughs) You know, because that's life. Yes. And I think to, and I think stepping back from it is really important in anything we do. If we don't, the, my favorite teaching story, Sandy, is um, the woodcutter who is chopping down trees and has this wonderful um, wood merchant, and he goes and he cuts down 18 trees, and he's well paid for it, and he's so proud of himself, and the next day he comes and he cuts down 17 trees, and he's so excited, and the next day he comes and he can only cut down 12, and he goes and he, and in the, he says to the woodcutter, I mean to the merchant, he says, you are so generous to me, and you're so kind to me, and you're so good, and I'm not performing the way that I want to perform form and the, the merchant says to him he look, stops and just looks in his face and he says when was the last time you stopped and sharpened your axe mm. isn't that lovely wow it's like if you're if you're just teaching and teaching and teaching when was the last time you sharpened your axe when was the last time you honed your skill or or sat on the cushion instead of showed up for uh showing up for asana that day unless you're supposed to teach um yeah so that's good. When do you sharpen your axe? And it's just a really important concept. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you shared that because that kind of sums it up. Um, and, uh, you know, I've enjoyed you and I chatting and I know this is like, you know, this becomes a conversation that can, you know, has so much depth to it, I believe. And, and I appreciate you spending time sharing and the insight, uh, you know, of connecting with you again, but I want Augusta for you to share with the listeners. You've had some exciting, um, uh, evolving into and becoming, and you, um, have published a book. And so I want you to tell us about that and tell us about the book and tell us about anything else that you're up to, because I'd love for people, the listeners to connect with you further. So share a little bit about that before we wrap up. Okay. Um, well, I really am excited. I've got a new book out. It's on Amazon. You can get it. It's called Wisdom Seeds. And it's inspiration to sow, grow, and reap through the seasons. And so it's a series of essays that have been written over the course of 10 years that are just life moments, life teaching Um, and I am not coming from the place of, I'm trying to teach this to you. I'm saying it's really through me rather than from me as a teacher. And, um, so wisdom seeds, and it's just, um, it's a book that I have wanted so much to publish for a long time, not in order to have published a book, but because I keep wanting these stories all written down. And so when I decided to do it, I did it in, I organized them in seasons, like the seasons of the year. And um, so they're not in a chronological order of mine, but they're just in, in seasons. It's something that you would pick up. We, you could read it in a yoga class. It'd yeah. be a great um, opening or closing in a yoga class. Um, it would be a great thing to just kind of ponder on in the day. Um, a great thing to go, ah, oh, I've been there, <laughs> done that. Um, so I'm nice. excited about the book. It's just come out. Yeah. So that's really cool. And um, I we have the Calm Living Studio, which COVID sort of shut down. But now, because of COVID, I'm doing um, hybrid classes. So I Zoom my classes as well as I teach them live now. So all of my classes are hybrid classes. And that's been an interesting learning curve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Talk about adjusting and adapting. <laughs> Talk about adjusting and adapting. Um, but I, I've loved doing that. And um, so, and Dave and I have just become grandparents and we're about to become grandparents with our second child. And so we got lots of things yeah. going on. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so glad you shared about that. And I guess, like I said, it, it's been just, you know, a treat uh, to connect with you. Yeah. And I appreciate you. I appreciate the, the, the work you do, the service, um, your passion, your heart. And I appreciate you being a part of this project and having conversation with me today. And I wish you and David, your family, the very best. And um, thanks again for joining me today. And I ditto that back to you. I appreciate your service in this world, Sandy. Thank you so much. It's wonderful. Thank you, Augusta. Namaste. Be sure to check out my website, sandyraper.com. There you will find many resources I have to help support you as you grow and develop in your yoga practice. Want to practice with me online? You can find me at Yoga International. There you'll find several pre-recorded classes so you can practice anytime, anywhere. Look for me under the Community Creator Platform. And check out on my homepage a 30-day free trial for Yoga International. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.